Glory to God. Hey, so as I said, we have a very special service today for you. And so I want to introduce to you today Jamie, who's the director of Teen Challenge. And then she's going to talk about what Teen Challenge is, what this ministry is about here in Missoula. And then we've got some folks that are going to share. And so I'm excited to have you come up, Jamie. Start with a video. Okay, we'll start with a video. Which one? Okay. In 1958, David Wilkerson traveled to New York City to preach the gospel to teenage gangs. He quickly recognized that drug and alcohol addiction was consuming the lives of the youth. Adult and Teen Challenge was founded to address the growing addiction epidemic. And today the need is greater than ever, and everything we do always comes back to our primary mission, to make disciples. We want to put hope within reach of every addict. In 1983, Mike Hodges opened the first campus in Oregon, and now the Adult and Teen Challenge Pacific Northwest Family of Ministries has expanded to five states throughout the region. For the last four decades, we have been growing and refining our approach to the discipleship process. We recognize that people need more than just sobriety. They need every area of their life to be transformed by the gospel. So we offer a comprehensive approach to recovery. At the core of our ministry is our residential recovery program. When students walk through our doors, they meet Jesus. And when they meet Jesus, the transformation process begins. Within the structure of a campus and in the community of peers and our staff, they develop spiritual disciplines. They learn how to pray, how to study scripture, how to worship, and how to be lifelong disciples of Christ. And as their faith grows, they find freedom. It's a sanctuary. It's a place to check out from this craziness of this world and not have all the pressures of responsibilities, but just one thing in mind, establishing a relationship with the Lord. Addiction creates complex behavioral health challenges, so we have integrated Life Renewal to provide state-approved counseling by our own professionally trained addiction counselors. Our students participate in individual and group therapy, and our counselors equip them with the tools they need to heal from their past and apply biblical principles to their lifelong recovery. We are offering students evidence-based treatment with a Christian worldview. This will allow them to live their lives um, in a more successful and positive way while also helping them to stand strong in their identity. We were designed to work, created to be productive. So our vocational training program helps our students establish the skills needed to be productive members of our society. Our thrift stores, work crews, and other vocational experiences teach important life skills, teamwork, leadership, stewardship, and integrity. We help students discover the joy of an honest day's work. And rather than sitting on the sidelines during their recovery, they build confidence as they put their new skills into practice. I see students really adapt very well in the stores. They're enjoying the environment they're in. They're, they're productive. They, you see uh, there's a reward in work that you've never seen before with students. The works that our students do sets them up to thrive once they leave our program. Discipleship is not just about learning the gospel, but also living it out. David Wilkerson founded this ministry on outreach. So Hope Outreach gives our students the opportunity to discover the joy of serving, to give back to their community, and to deliver hope beyond our campus walls. We work with local partners to bring compassion to our communities. Our students share their stories to bring prevention and awareness to local schools. We establish community discipleship groups for those in recovery, and we share the hope we have found in Christ through evangelism. At Adult and Teen Challenge, our comprehensive approach to recovery is allowing us to broaden our reach and improve outcomes for our students. Our comprehensive approach helps us put hope within reach of every addict and make lifelong disciples. Hope has a name, and his name is Jesus. But that's a really cool thing to see someone being um, given that opportunity to experience hope for the first time, and everything about them begins to change. I just have an undeniable passion for God. I, he has brought me through so much and it honestly could only come from him. Probably the best decision I've ever made coming to the program. The program really molded me into a man of God. Like when I came in the program, I was a kid. I was 18 years old. Um, and it was in the program that I learned how to become a man as a student. Teen Challenge has uh, helped save my life.
Well, I feel a little honored to be at this pulpit for the very first time. <laughs> I almost feel like I should have the mic, the the stand, the music stand. When you said that, I was like, oh, and not only that, but it's Pastor Appreciation. So thank you so much for sharing with us. My name is Jamie Rindall. I'm the director of Adult and Teen Challenge here in Missoula, and I am honored to be sharing this Sunday with you with some familiar faces in the house and just to be able to share this message of hope that not only is he right here in Missoula, but it's actually, it's worldwide. And we believe that the hope is Jesus, and that's what we get to do every day. But we're going to share a little bit about what we do and who we are and some exciting things that we have coming up. And y'all have some really exciting things coming up too, and I hope we get to be a part to some, to some degree. So I'm going to start by just reading a lesson to be learned from typing the wrong email address. A Minneapolis couple decided to go to Florida to thaw out during a particularly icy winter. They planned to stay at the same hotel where they spent their honeymoon 20 years earlier. Because of hectic schedules, it was difficult to coordinate their travel schedules, so the husband left Minnesota and flew to Florida on Thursday with his wife flying down on the following day. The husband checked into the hotel. There was a computer in his room, so he decided to send an email to his wife. However, he accidentally left out one letter in her email address, and without realizing his error, he sent the email. Meanwhile, somewhere in Houston, a widow had just returned home from her husband's funeral. He was a minister who was called home to glory following a heart attack. The widow decided to check her email, expecting messages from relatives and friends, and after reading the first message, she screamed and fainted. The widow's son rushed into the room, found his mother on the floor, and saw the computer screen, which read, To my loving wife, subject, I've arrived. I know you're surprised to hear from me. They have computers here now, and you are allowed to send emails to your loved ones. I've just arrived, and I've been checked in. I've seen that everything has been prepared for your arrival tomorrow, and I'm looking forward to seeing you then. Hope your journey is as uneventful as mine was. P.S. Sure is hot down here. <laughs> as horrible as that is, the joke serves a purpose. Because since reading it, one person in the United States has died and eight by the end of this service. $22,800 was lost in the state of Montana due to drug abuse and $1.8 million by the end of this service and a worldwide staggering $1.5 million was spent on illegal drugs and $37 million by the end of this service. In Montana alone, in January, we had over 30 overdoses and 10 deaths in 10 days. The problem is here, ladies and gentlemen. It's here in Missoula, it's here in Montana, it's here everywhere, and, and it's taking our loved ones. These numbers, however, don't include the side effects of drug abuse like broken marriages, broken families, abused children, and loss of public resources, and so on. The cost of addiction is very high. But we are here today to talk about a God that is bigger than all of this. A God who, when called on, is willing to heal and restore everyone who has been hurt by drug abuse. And the world says that once an addict, always an addict. I was uh, this morning spending some time with the Lord, and like he does, he kind of throws a wrench in what I was going to share and was like, nope, actually you're going to share this because I think it's, it's, really, impo it's really important and one of the things that we get to do daily at Adult and Teen Challenge, and you're going to get to hear from several of our students, is we get to put hope within reach. Adult and Teen Challenge's slogan is putting hope within reach, and it's one of my favorite things about the program because it means I'm going to set something, I'm going to put it in there, and then you have to actually reach for it. You have to do some work. There's nothing about this that says it's going to be easy. I, as the director, have never walked in the shoes of my students. I don't have an addiction but I'm a product of an addiction. My mother was an alcoholic for 27 years of my life, and by the grace of God, she's almost 14 years clean and sober. But in about a couple months, it'll be 13 years since I lost my sister to a drug overdose. It happens. And so even though I have not walked in their shoes, I've walked in their family's shoes. And I can speak to things that they aren't seeing because there's a perspective shift. You see, addiction is extremely self-centered. 
You are absorbed in the next thing. You are absorbed of how I'm going to get to the next thing. How am I not going to feel the next thing? One of the things that I share with the women, probably daily, maybe at least on a weekly basis, is you have to feel it to heal it. And they love it. (laughs) They hate it. Nobody wants to feel what you've been through. You don't want to sit in that, which is why they have landed in either drugs and alcohol or both, both or in the arms of people that have abused them in the wrong way. But you have to feel it in order to heal it, and Jesus will be there with you. He meets you right, right in the depths of it. So this morning as I was reading in one of my devotionals, it's, you are salt and light. You are salt of the earth, but if salt should lose its taste, how can it be made salty? It's no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city situated on a hill cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand and gives it light for all who are in the house. Matthew 5, 13 through 15. It says in here, I was a young college student when I made a friend who appeared to have everything. Beauty, grades, achievement, wealth. Everything I felt that I didn't. Still, we grew close. So when she disappeared for three days and didn't answer my calls, I naturally grew alarmed. When she surprisingly faced on the th- surfaced on the third day, I learned she had been at a party where most everyone had taken drugs to stay awake. This is what she said to me. There was so much love. There was so much joy. There was so much peace, and I was blown away. And with that, she pulled out this little flower. I loved it so much, Chris, that I didn't want you to miss out on the experience that I had, so I saved you half a tablet. I kindly declined her offer, but I was rattled. I'd only given my life fully to Jesus a couple years before, and I couldn't help but think, this girl I love, this girl loves you so much that she didn't want you to miss out on the love and joy and peace from a drug. And yet you, Christine, have the Holy Spirit of God living on the inside of you, who is the source of love, joy, and peace that never runs out. And yet you were too ashamed and embarrassed to talk about God because you thought she doesn't need him when the one thing that she truly needs the most is God. Afterward, I wept. I promised God I would never allow anyone's passion about anything, drugs, money, success, or even a cause, to be more passionate than my love for him and my willingness to go and tell people who he is. Why is it that we easily recognize people whose lives are messed up as those who need to be found, but fail to recognize that, th- that even those who seem to have it all together are lost too? Doesn't God want us to understand that lost people look like all people? You've all sat in here at one time in your life and felt overlooked, forgot about, put to the side. And the enemy loves to take those thoughts and feelings and spin them into something that probably ruined a friendship, ruined a relationship, and maybe took you down a road that you didn't want to go and had to crawl yourself back out of. Since that day, I have never forgotten that there is a God-shaped vacuum in every human heart that only Jesus can fill, and everyone needs to hear about him. At Adult and Teen Challenge, we get to put hope within reach. We work with women here in Missoula 18 years and older. Currently, we have 20 to 65 as our age range in our house. We can currently serve 16 women. We have five beds open. And every time I have a bed open in the house, I tell the ladies to pray. Because that means that there is a woman lost, without hope, seeking something that she doesn't know is there. I'm a product of addiction. At the height of my mother and my sister's addiction, Adult and Teen Challenge sat here in Missoula. And I had no idea. I had no clue. I called the treatment center and I said, I need a place for my mom. It's not going good. She's been to five different treatment centers. And they said, you're in luck. We have a bed. She can come tomorrow. And I thought, yes. And they said, it'll be $10,000 a month. And I said, whoa, Uh, I'm a college student. I I don't have that kind of money. I don't have anything. And so I had to look at my mom and say, it's not gonna happen. By the grace of God, she got in trouble and she got sentenced to a program that ultimately saved her life. But the truth is, Adult and Teen Challenge does sit here in Missoula. 
And though I don't send the women a bill or give them an invoice at the end of the month, it is not free. There is a cost to everything. You saw in our video the comprehensive approach. We have uh, four different legs to the pillar of our stool is like what I like to say. We have the residential program where the women live. We have our behavioral health services. We are the only licensed biblically and clinically program in the state of Montana. Our therapist can not only share clinical theories, but she can share biblical truth. And it's paid for by the state of Montana. Can I get an amen? amen. <laughs> With that, then the women go to our thrift store, which is on Mullen. Some of you may have frequented that or not. Um, the women work about three days a week there, and they learn skills such as not cursing out patrons that come in when they make you upset or somebody that crosses you wrong or walking away from work or choosing to just not go because you have a headache. We're preparing them for the next step. It's not just come in, we'll soothe you, and then you can go out and continue on. No, 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 no. We're not looking for sobriety here. We're looking for full life transformation. My heart behind what it is that I do is for these women to, if they can, get a driver's license. If you don't know where your social security card is, let's figure that out. What do you need to do to be able to go out into the world and be an actual member of society, somebody who is not overlooked and forgotten about? With that, we do outreach. We love to be in the community. And all of it costs about $3,500 per month per woman to go through the program. There is a price. Half of that comes from, roughly half of it comes from the thrift store, and the rest of it is, is charged to myself and to the women to fundraise for their spot in the program to be able to heal, to be able to say, I, I'm worth this. I'm worth this struggle. I'm worth this challenge, and to continue to move forward. So I could continue to go on and on about how amazing these women are, but what I'd like to do is invite somebody up to share her story and what she's walked through. Miss Ethel. Hi, I'm Ethel. Um, I'm 44 years old. I'm a mother, daughter, aunt, and sister. I come from a single-parent home with three older siblings. <clears throat> My parents divorced when I was two years old. I'm from the Northern Cheyenne Reservation. Um, my, mom, my mom worked and had a good job. My childhood was good, but I was physically and emotionally abused by my mother. She worked a lot, so I was left with family to watch, to watch over me, and I was sexually abused. I was very shy and fearful. Always <coughs> wanted to be with my mom. My mom had my uncle come and stay, stay with us to help around the house, and he took care of me. He was my father figure. He would leave for a while and come back home. He was an alcoholic, which took his life. I didn't feel safe anymore. <clears throat> My mom started gambling and leaving me home alone. I started doing whatever I wanted, hanging out with others my age that weren't making right choices. My first boyfriend, I ran away to be with him and wasn't going to school and drinking. Then I started hanging around my older cousins. They had parties, and I got into doing crank with them. I was going crazy in my addiction. My mom couldn't take it anymore and sent me to an adolescent treatment, which was the start to a never-ending cycle of chaos and destructive behavior. I did good for a while. I graduated from middle school and made it halfway through high school. I was in a couple of relationships. I left one and stayed with the other. We had two daughters did our best to be a family, but our addictions took over and he physically beat me and cheated on me. I was using more and injecting drugs and selling meth. We got married and divorced and I went right into another relationship what was very abusive and chaotic. We had, we had my son, my family tried helping me. I ended up losing my home and my kids and my life was spinning out of control. I was in and out of jail for DUIs and treatment centers. My kids, suffer, my kids were suffering and unstable. My mom's health wasn't good. <clears throat> and then I, after a one night hookup, 
I ended up getting pregnant and having an abortion. And after my mom's death, I went to a faith-based program with my daughters. My son stayed with my dad, and I finished the program. And with the Lord's help then, I got my GD, a job, a car, and I was going to church, doing life sober. Then I got with a married man that I worked with, started drinking, and left him, and then eventually left him and continued drinking. And I got behind the wheel and passed out and went into the other lane and hit head on with another vehicle, killing an innocent man. After I got out of the <coughs> hospital, I continued drinking, got another vehicle and another DUI. My tribe kept me until the US Marshals picked me up. I was sentenced, went to federal prison, and God will make a way where there is no way. I am passing through the valley. I don't live there anymore. I am a child of God, for he is forgiving and good. O Lord, abounding in love <clears throat> to all who call to him, Psalms 86, 5. I was on federal probation doing good. I got a job with my tribe, back with my family. Everything is going good. With my PO and probation, then I got into a relationship thinking I could be sober. I fell back into using meth and alcohol, leaving my family and job. I failed my patches, wasn't checking in with my probation officer. The relationship turned out very abusive. I was sent back to prison at, for violation for nine months. I started drinking and using, oh, I, for violation for nine months, I went in there for nine months and I got out. And then I started drinking and using. I'm giving up back with my ex, and the abuse starts again. I finally asked the Lord to help me because I couldn't do it myself. And the Lord made a way for me. Two weeks later, my boyfriend started fighting me. I'm praying to God, asking, asking him to help me. And, and he opened the door for me to change that I would go. The police showed up. My ex goes to jail. Two days later, I'm here at Dalton Teen Challenge. Fear not, for I am, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. Isaiah 43:1. Looking back at my life, I was full of anger, rage, shame, grief, and rejection. And with all the lies that I believed, <clears throat> it was out of, out of control. Feeling like there was no hope for me anymore. I missed out on a lot of my kids' lives, so what was the use? I gave up, no longer wanted to live. I couldn't get it right. But the Lord intervened, and <clears throat> now I'm facing my trauma in my life, <clears throat> allowing him to take me through the healing process, trusting him fully, accepting the Lord's love that he always had and always will for me, forgiving others and forgiving myself so I can walk in the freedom that he has for me and towards his purpose for my life. <clears throat> he is my leader, my heavenly father, and my Lord and savior. I am strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, Ephesians 6.10. And I have authority over all the power of the enemy. Even evil spirits must submit to me because of the Holy Spirit that dwells in me. Nothing can hurt me today, Luke 10.19, because the one who lives in me is greater than every demon in hell, First John 4.4. 4. I am hidden under the wings of the Most High. No evil can befall me because he has ordained his angels to watch over me. I rest in that today. Psalms 91, 3 through 11. Good job, Ethel. She asked me earlier today, she said, when, when can I be done sharing my testimony? I said, never. Are you sure? I said, yep, that's what we're called to do. We're called to share. <laughs> the reality is the world is more divided than we have ever imagined. Chaos abounds. Lawlessness and violence are now a normal part of life. And anxiety is at levels never seen. What was once a lie is now the truth. And what was once the truth is now a lie. But the truth is, with the power of the Holy Spirit, I believe Christians from all over the world are now more united than ever. Rest and peace are still available without a measure in a relationship with Jesus. We have the number one self-help book, better known as the Bible, which leads us to all truth. 
ladies. Reality is thinking that you have thinking that you have raised yourself and have been alone most of your life. Reality is um, being molested at a young age, accepting it, and then locking it away in a box. Reality is becoming an becoming addicted before you're a teenager and suffering for many years. How do I know that's reality? Because that's my reality. Reality is being born drawing from alcohol. Reality is spending the first four months of your life in hospital getting treated from syphilis passed on from your biological mother. Reality is getting is reality is getting rejected to the point that you have low self-worth that you find it in men and sex. Reality is being so rebellious, so rebellious to the point that you're homeless, stuck on drugs, and in an abusive relationship, How do, and don't care about living anymore. How do I know that that's reality? Because that was my reality. Reality is being pressured into having sex to keep a relationship going. Reality is, at the age of 22, drinking too much at the bar and forgetting your best friend got engaged. Reality is being laughed at for not being able to keep up, so you drink even more to build up your tolerance. Reality is totaling two cars in a short amount of time from drunk driving. Reality is pushing away all your friends and family, thinking they rejected you. Reality is filling the empty hole you felt in your heart with alcohol. How do I know that's reality? Because that was my reality. But the truth is, God is with you, has always been with you, and will always be with you. Truth is, putting everything into the hands of God, who alone can save you, he can even raise the dead. Truth is, no temptation has overtaken you except for what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. 1 Corinthians 10.13. How do I know that's the truth? Oh, wait. And that's the truth. (laughs) 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 The Bible tells me so. The truth is I am alive today because of God's healing power. The truth is I'm 100% cured from syphilis. The truth is I am learning my worth in Christ day by day, or my worth in Christ day by day without men and sex. For Psalm 139, 14 says, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, and I know that full well. The truth is now I have a reason to live, and God is making me a new creation day by day, and that's the truth. But the truth is, I am made new, and I'm not unclean because of that, and no man should treat me like that. The truth is, I was forgiven before I even asked, and have healed that friendships hurts. Truth is, I've learned who true friends are, and know my true worth and value. Truth is, I'm forgiven, the past doesn't define who I am, and I can use it to help others. Truth is, my friends and family were not against me at all. They were trying to help, but I was too blinded by my addiction to see it. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 31, 8, It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. And that's the truth. Now that you know the truth to our realities, we challenge you today as a church What is the truth to yours? As it says in the book of truth, John 8, 32, you shall know the truth and and the the truth truth shall set you free.
feel like I've got so many different forms of technology up here. <laughs> We're just really trying to test my multi. I can't even think about it. I can't even think about it. Okay. Um, Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. Your salvation is not a reward for good behavior. It was a grace thing from start to finish. You had no hand in it. Even the gift to believe simply reflects his faith. If this could be accomplished through any action of yours, then there would be ground for boasting. We are engineered by his design. He modeled and manufactured us in Christ. We are his workmanship, his poetry, and we are fully fit to do good, equipped to give attractive evidence of his likeness in us and everything we do. Lindsay? Hi, my name is Lindsay. My struggle with self-love and self-identity started as a child. I never felt I added up to my sisters and started rebelling for my dad's love and attention. Being molested by a neighbor at a young age started my struggles with self-identity and had me searching for what I thought was love in all the wrong places. I learned how to lie and manipulate any situation to get what I wanted and to try to fill the void I was running from. My freshman year of high school, my best friend would kill himself and I would see his body being covered by the blue tarp from the police. A blood stain left on the ground from when they finally removed his body was all that was left. My life was in complete shambles after that, and the drug use and drinking took on a whole new level. I failed my freshman year of high school because of the loss of my friend cut so deep. Bigger secrets and bigger lies consumed my mind and left guilt in my heart that started to destroy me. Convinced I had no one to turn to, the constant anxiety, loneliness, and depression became unbearable, and I turned to alcohol and drugs to fill the void. By the time I was 21, I had a full-blown addiction to meth, opiates, and sex. I would attempt suicide for the first time at 22 because I could no longer handle the mess of a life I had created and I saw no option for freedom from the hold that drugs had on me. My high school boyfriend, who I was with on and off for 14 years, we would get pregnant for the first time my senior year. Unfortunately, we would miscarry the baby, but eventually we would have our miracle child. <laughs> but with the stronghold that addiction had on the both of us, would land him in the federal prison system for 10 years and me, my world, my son being taken away from me for his safety. I was no longer safe for my child. I would be given visitation with him and having to leave every time installed a fear inside of him that mommy was never coming back. I'll never forget the sounds of his screams when I would have to leave again. There's no coming back from the pain that is deep in your soul. To continue using was my only option to drown out the loss I felt for my son. One morning, waking up not being able to walk or move my body because I had endocarditis, a staph infection of the heart, did not stop me from getting drugs delivered to the hospital to continue shooting up. I was stabbed by a dirty needle from an angry boyfriend, and I contracted hep C, which my body had a reaction to and almost sent me into liver failure. But neither of these would slow me down or make me fear my life ending. Fentanyl and meth was all I cared about, and nothing would stop me from getting it. All the sexual, mental, emotional, and physical abuse just came with the lifestyle. And I thought that was just how normal people lived out their lives. Watching my friend be scalped by a gun from people robbing me at gunpoint. And then me, myself, turning around and robbing stores and people. This was the only way I knew how to live, and I was convinced there was no help for me, and that the stronghold fentanyl had on me would eventually kill me. It was what I lived for. It was my idol. Many jail stays, multiple treatments, and any other attempt to get sober would fail me. Romans 7.15 says, I do not understand what I do, for what I want to do, I do not do, but what I hate, I do. And that would sum up the last 19 years of my life. But God, God would have another plan for me than to let me die from the devil's stronghold. He knew that my passion and life dream was to be the mother that my son desperately needed and deserved. And I needed to be his mom again. <laughs> That is when God opened the path and led me to adult and teen challenge. I had been raised Catholic all my life, but I knew nothing about a relationship with God or what this program was about when I got here. Now I'm learning who God is, and my relationship grows stronger with him every day. I'm reading the Bible for the first time and learning the, the word and the truth we receive when we accept him into our lives. God had been with me the whole time. I felt alone and stuck in my addiction, just waiting for God had been there with me the whole time I felt alone and stuck in my addiction, just waiting for me to reach out to him. He is the God of healing. Miraculously, I did not have to have the open heart surgery to replace the valves the staph infection had put holes in. After a lengthy stay and daily antibiotics, my heart was healed. 
My body also cured itself of the hep C. I can no longer spread it to anybody. Little did I know then that that was God performing miracles. God is a God of faithfulness. Through trials and tribulations, after eight months of being in a Dalton Teen Challenge, I found myself facing two federal indictments among many other state and city warrants. I turned myself into jail in Billings to face the warrant the FBI had put out for my arrest and the indictment charges. And the judge let me out on pretrial supervision, released back to the program. I changed my plea on the, to guilty on the 29th of June and was the first person in Missoula to ever be accepted into the new federal drug court that was opened in February of this year. Upon completion of the drug court program, all my federal charges will be dropped from my record with prejudice. I can never be charged for this crime again. Only by the grace and mercy of our faithful Lord and Savior did I get this chance to not spend the next 10 years in federal prison and get the chance to be Missoula's first success story in this federal drug court. Above all, God is the God of restoration. I now get parenting time with my son, and we spend almost every Sunday together. You can come up here. No, okay. <laughs> For those of you that don't know, this is Lindsay's son's first time hearing this, and he's actually in the house with you this morning, which is why she's so good. <laughs> 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 you want to say hi? No, okay. We also do family counseling every week and talk on the phone throughout the week. My life came back to me the day I got to hold him in my arms again after not seeing him for almost three years. It's been absolutely amazing to see our bond grow. <laughs> absolutely amazing to see our bond is stronger than ever and the love he still has for me after all I've put him through. My mom and stepdad are my biggest supporters. My dad and my stepmom are proud of me again, and I got to spend three days with them and my son for my birthday. None of us thought I'd see another birthday or let alone spend it with my family. My older sister is doing counseling with me and is now raising my son until I am able to. I get to be an aunt to her kids again, and my little sister came to surprise me and see me at the center. I'm going to get to be an aunt to her baby when it comes into the world in November. I'm even, even building relationships back with my extended family. God is so good. And only by his restoration power is any of this possible. God is helping to guide my path through each step of the program. He's guiding me through my counseling and helping me dig up the roots I buried and tried to hide for so long. And helping me face those demons head on. I'm getting through all the education and, vocation, education and vocational training with his strength. I came to a Dalton Teen Challenge, a broken and lost mess that I thought would never be anything more than a homeless law-breaking drug addict that would forever be unforgiven but the minute I walked through the doors of Dalton Teen Challenge and I accepted Jesus Christ in my life I've learned I am a new creation forgiven and perfectly and wonderfully made I finally found the missing piece I'd been searching for my whole life first Timothy 2 4 says who desires all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of truth and I know God does <laughs> Can you say hope? <laughs> I could sit here all day and tell you stories of each of these women. The way that they looked when they came into the center, like walking dead, no life left in their eyes. Pale, scared, hopeless. But one of my favorite things is about two to three weeks into the program, their faces turn differently. They're able to look you in the eye. They will sit and they will talk with you and life returns, and the hope that we put within reach, they're starting to see. But as one of our past graduates would say, if it was easy, it would be called Teen Easy. But it's a challenge, and so we call it Teen Challenge. <laughs> and it's not easy. It's not easy to sit in front of your peers and have things that happen, and it comes out sideways, and you get on each other for just the stupidest stuff. But isn't that life, right? The sock that didn't get put in the hamper, the kid that threw the backpack on the ground, the teacher that didn't answer the phone, and so forth and so on. But they do it day in and day out over just trivial things because the enemy doesn't want what is happening with these 12 women. So how can you help? We get that all the time. 
We have a couple things that are coming up. October 19th, which is a Thursday, just in a couple weeks, we have our Night of Hope Gala. This is an opportunity for people to come into the room and hear what you just heard a glimpse of. You're going to see families reunited and restored, and you're going to be a part of something that is bigger than yourself. There's an organization in Missoula that just had theirs, and they, they... raised $300,000 and I sat in my flesh and I was like, man, that's so, that's so cool. I'm so happy for them. And I thought to myself, why can't I get people to come and support the women that are walking out full life transformation? So join us. I'd love to see you there. I, there's nothing that I would love more than to have the room, standing room only, similar to your church right now. Congratulations again. Where you were just they could see that the support of the Missoula community is there, that they are not overlooked and forgot about. So at 5.30 p.m. at the Hilton Garden Inn, we have our Night of Hope. It's $65 a ticket, or you can buy a table of eight for $500. There's going to be a silent auction, a plated dinner, and these women sharing hope and what's happening in their lives. People ask often, who's the keynote speaker? And I don't do a keynote speaker because it's not about who I'm bringing in. It's about who's in front of you. And that's the important part. In November, we will set up our Christmas trees for hope. It's in the Christian Life Church parking lot. We sell Christmas trees. It's an outreach. It's super fun. Sometimes it's really cold and I don't want to go, but we always end up having a good time and we shake snow all over each other. And if you're in search of a Christmas tree and you don't want to go chop down your own, um, come see us. Even just stop by. They love coffee. They love coffee. (laughs) There's other ways as well. Church support is huge. Exactly what Pastor Ian allowed us to do, which was come in and share what we are about. The other thing is student sponsorship. Link. My name is Stephanie and I'm from Brownsville. Hi, my name is Adam. My name is Jason. My name is Joseph. Faustino. Amanda. I was addicted to heroin and meth. Drug of choice was opiates in general. Bulimia, and then I masked that with severe alcohol. Meth and heroin. Addiction was like walking through hell. The darkest time in my life. It's very hard and it's lonely. Chaos everywhere, depression all the time, and anger 24-7. My whole family had abandoned me because of all of the pain and suffering I'd caused. And I really had no drive or no hope or just no purpose of living. I viewed myself as um, a junkie. I saw myself as worthless. I saw myself as, um, I deserve to live under that bridge. The Adult and Teen Challenge program for me was was a place of peace, a place where I could finally find out who I was, who I was intended to be, and who honestly God created me to be. The program was easy for me to be in, but it required change and that was the hard part for me. It was difficult, but it was worth it. No pun intended, it's challenging. It's definitely a beautiful uh, process, but it's in no terms easy. The hardest year ever, but the best. I found who I was without without drugs, without alcohol, without an eating disorder. I learned that I'm chosen, that I'm accepted, that I'm loved. God is a God of forgiveness, of mercy, of grace. I found freedom from the chains that I'd worn my entire life. And I learned that my past does not define me. My identity now and forever is I'm a child of God. I look to his word and the truth and not to the lies of the enemy. Honestly, it's all because of Jesus. Before, I was a dirtbag. The trust that people have for me now, um, nobody trusted me before I came in this program. And now I'm responsible for a a campus, um, men's lives. God has entrusted me with a lot. And um, 12 years ago, that would not have been the case. Sponsorship was an anchor in this wild program. The sponsorship program is is designed to help people get through the program that can't financially afford it. It helps students know that there is someone out there who cares about them and is praying for them. It was humbling, but it was also, I didn't understand why. I didn't understand why somebody who didn't know me would want to pray for me. It was amazing because I had burnt a lot of bridges in my past. and. 
that I didn't think anybody cared enough to pray for me or want me to do better. And having a sponsor, I saw that there are people that cared. I've seen guys who were on the brink of the edge, about to leave, and they received a letter from their sponsors, which gave them hope to stay another day. To any of those sponsors out there that are listening that may have sponsored me, I want to say thank you. I would like to say thank you to all of my sponsors. They, they all made a difference. There was days when, when I wanted to give up and I wanted to quit, and I know it sounds cliche, but they sent that letter and they listened to God's voice and told me exactly what I needed to hear in that moment that kept me, kept me going, kept me focused on the bigger picture and staying. They help uh, give that hope to somebody that doesn't have hope. You make it possible for people like me Thank you to all of our current sponsors. You guys keep this program up and operational, so we can't thank you enough. If you're considering on sponsoring a student, it can help change a life. Help save a life. Help change a life. Put hope within reach. Thanks, Link. So, there is a way. We have sp student sponsorship opportunities. And this is not you paying directly to these women. It does not go into their pockets. But it does help with the program. And what it allows you, for $45 a month for one student, you're welcome to sponsor as many as you want, it allows you to send letters, come pray, join in on a completion, be a part of their life and their story, and continue on with them as they move on. We have a goal to end this year with 47 sponsors. We've been chipping away at it. For $45 a month, you have the opportunity to join us as we put hope within reach. That's one way. The other way is the Night of Hope Gala to come join us. And in-kind donations are a really big thing. We are wanting to redo the bedrooms. There's a few things that we're doing there. So if you are, like my husband's like, I am not good at a lot of things, but I can do money or I can do hard work. And so he'll come in and, and help around the center. But we want to rip up carpet and put down um, waterproof laminate flooring. We're currently getting rid of all of our wooden bunk beds and doing metal bunk beds uh, because bed bugs can be an issue and we don't want these women to have to deal with that. And so we're replacing all of our wood with metal. And inside of that, I want a fresh coat of paint on their walls. I want brand new floors some new bedding, and just an opportunity for when they walk in, it's light, and it's just hope right at the beginning. We need community members to come alongside of us and join in because it's here in Missoula. If you're a person that's like, man, I want to see it, come, please come. My business cards are over here and everything's here. I love to invite the community out for you to see it. We're out on 7th off of Reserve Street. You can see what your money is doing. It's not just a postcard in the mail. It's these women standing here. Well, they're sitting right now, but you know what I mean. So there is hope, and hope has a name, and his name is Jesus. And we are your Missoula campus of Adult and Teen Challenge. Pastor Ian. I don't know what to say other than wow. You know, this is, uh, <clears throat> it's hard. Because you recognize that these kind of battles are going on every day. And, uh, and us that are sheltered or living a life, you know, just going about our day-to-day -day business, we have no idea <clears throat> that there are people hurting, that there are people fighting for their lives right now all over the world for various reasons, various addictions. And you've got these wonderful, beautiful ladies here with such courage to come in here and share what the Lord has done in their lives and what he's continuing to do. And so I just want to close with prayer over them. I want to pray for any of you that maybe the Holy Spirit is moving in you somehow to contribute to this ministry, or whatever form that it may be. I just want to make room for him right now. And uh, so let's do that. Father, we just come before you now, and we thank you, Jesus, that there is hope, and you are that hope. Lord God, we thank you for life change and what you can do. You can turn a situation completely around all for your glory, Lord. 
These ladies here are walking testimonies of your glory, and their journey's not over. So I pray, Lord, that you'd be with them, that you'd encourage them, that you'd walk there beside them, these battles that they still have to fight as they unpack their past, as they deal with it and prepare for the life going forward and what you're going to do in their lives, and that your will will be done in their lives. Lord, we just pray that you'd give them strength, that you'd give them hope, Lord. And that, Father, you'd use them in mighty ways to encourage others, Lord, as you heal them and strengthen them. We just pray that this mushrooms and becomes just beautiful as we, there's so many people in Missoula that are hurting and across the country in general, Lord, and we just ask for an outpouring of your spirit in their lives, in our lives, Lord. We love you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So if you want any more information, yeah, if you want any more information about Teen Challenge, they're going to be right here. Jamie will be over here. The group will be here. You certainly can come see them. If you want information about how to sponsor or if you want just to ask questions about the gala, all of that will be here. For the rest of you, I want to encourage you to stick around because what comes up next is baptism. We're going to celebrate that today. We've got a couple of folks that have said, yes, I want to take that next step of obedience. So if you're here, Dakota and Sharon, if you guys want to step out and get ready, you can do that now. But anyone else... I'm praying that the Holy Spirit convicts someone else here spontaneously who maybe wasn't prepared to be baptized, but they're saying, you know what? I'm not going to put it off anymore. I'm going to be faithful to take that step of obedience, and I'm going to repent of my sin, and I'm turning to him today, and I don't care who knows it, and I'm just coming out in that. And if that's you, look, I've taken the excuse away. We've got clothes and towels here, so if you came unprepared, we are prepared for you, okay? So however the Lord leads you, I want you to listen to his Holy Spirit. If he is tugging on you at all to take that step of obedience and baptism, do that today, okay? If you need prayer of any kind, if there's something on your heart you removed in such a way and you want prayer, I want to ask you to come forward. Maybe you're struggling with something. Maybe you have a hidden addiction of some kind that no one has any idea about, and you're like, you know what? I don't want this anymore. I need the Lord's help. If that's you, come forward, and let's deal with that together. All right? Love you guys. God bless you. We're going to be right out here in a few minutes to celebrate baptism. Teen challenges right over here. Amen? Amen. Okay.